also, can you imagine popping a baby out and the baby's vibes are so fucking rancid? Mm-hmm. You name it, Grima Wormtongue. It's like, ooh, this baby's slimy. <laughs> I don't, mm, yeah. I don't know. This little guy, he's not. He, the, the <laughs> Have you seen that tweet where it's like, we don't, you know, we there's a, like parents get a lot of flack for abandoning their kids, but what if the child simply has bad <laughs> vibes? Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes that we'll like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a potato! And this week, we continue our journey towards Mordor with Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Before we level up and acquire legendary mounts, remember you can help us on Mortified, the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron. How are you feeling about our second entry into the Loaderverse? The first hour and a half of this fucking movie had me. It really did. I I was in it to win it. And then the second half of this movie lost me. Except for when Gimli opened his mouth. That's interesting, you know? Because, like, hmm, I used to think that the second half of this movie was my favorite part of the entire franchise. And I think I'm kind of shifting over to, to where you're at. Um, because the action sequence dis- didn't quite do it for me this time around. And maybe it's because I was watching it very late at night. I think I'm just getting old. Um, I think is ultimately what's happening here. But yeah, I mean, I- I'm uh, compared to the first one, would you say you're higher or lower just generally? Higher, much higher. Okay, good, yeah. good. Well, let's let's talk about that. Um, so, you know, this, this story kind of picks up from where the first one left off. Oh, it but picks there's... up right from where the first one left off. I mean, yeah, off. right, like straight up. It's like the next day. Um, But like there's two main kind of like plot arcs. There's Frodo and Sam as they continue east. Um, And then there's uh, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli as they trapeze around Rohan doing, you know, politics stuff. Um, And, um, you know, I I think we could. What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Frodo or, or Aragorn first? Let's get Aragorn out of the way. All right. Um. So Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, right? We got Aragorn. He's the ranger. Uh, he's like a, a king. Of, he's technically the king of Gondor. Um, he's descended from the king of Gondor, whatever. Um, we got Legolas. He's Orlando Bloom. He's an elf. That's all you need to know. Uh, and Gimli, he's a dwarf. That's all you need to know. Um, they are hunting the Urukai, who have captured Merry and Pippin uh, from last last time we were here in Lord of the Rings. Uh, and at first they're... Um, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Every uh, iconic line from this franchise is in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, no, like the meme radar is kind of off the charts. Like watching this was truly like, oh, this is every every weird video I watched on like albinoblacksheep.com. Um, like you get the taking the hobbits of Isengard, you get potatoes. Um, we also get some new lines that are like you know that have changed as the way as you noted in your notes um because of the ways that language has evolved when Gollum says uh give it to us raw and wriggling and i was like ah <laughs> here in 2023 that has a much different connotation smeagol <laughs> um 
but yeah, basically, um, at first, you know, they're 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 tracking these uh, these Urukai down. They're like, we gotta save our friends, um, and then they meet the Rohirrim. How do you feel about the Rohirrim, Layla? I thought they were cool. They got horses. Yeah, uh, I did. I, I will say so when you you kind of meet. Um, the whole, like, Rohan squad, I just, like, stared at my screen for a second, and then I, like, jolted to life and ran to my notes, and I was like, oh, no, there are names incoming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I, honestly, I had it. I felt pretty good about my name my name tracking in this one. Yeah, there's only, like, three Rohan people names you really need to know. You got uh, Aomer, who is the guy who, who runs the Rohirrim. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You get uh, Theoden, the king of Rohan. Mm-hmm. And then you get Eowyn. Um, like, fucking my main bitch. I love her. She rules, um, and she's great. And she she doesn't, you know, I think she, she deserves much better than she gets, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, actually, I don't even think it comes up in... In the books, but I or not. It doesn't definitely comes up in the books. It doesn't come up in the films, but I think she gets married to Faramir, um, ultimately, which is a weird ending. <laughs> anyway, that's a real Diana Wine Jones like gotta wrap it up in the last ten pages, marry everyone off, kind of. Kind of. That's kind of the feeling I get. It's it's fine. Okay. Um, anyway, she's great, and she does a she does a really sick thing that you probably know about in three. Um, but like. You know, here here we get our introduction to her, and she's great, and we love her. But yeah, basically, um, you know, the Rohirrim show up, and Aomer's like, okay, here's the thing. My uncle, the king, he's a little bit dark-sided now. He has, So we hired this guy named Grima Wormtongue, um, <laughs> and honestly, his resume checked out, but uh, not a great fit. He has poisoned my uncle against me, and is... He, <sighs> My uncle started turning old, like, I don't know, <laughs> I want to, like, I want like, to truly, see where Aramir <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan Beach, you know, <laughs> like, just fucking aging. Also, can you imagine popping a baby out, and the baby's vibes are so fucking rancid, mm-hmm. you name it, Grima Wormtongue? It's like, ooh, this baby's slimy. I don't, mm, I don't know. This little guy, he's not. He, the, the. Have you seen that tweet where it's like, we don't, you know, we there's a, like parents get a lot of flack for abandoning their kids, but what if the child simply has bad vibes? Uh, and that is Grima Wormtug. Yeah, the Grima Wormtug as an infant did not pass the vibe check. Yeah, no. Um, and like... I just want to, I want the scene where Aomir like comes back from a long weekend and his uncle is 20 years older and is like <laughs> is like mumbling and he's like hey Grima did something happen with with Theoden and Grima's like no my liege whatever would you say to make you whatever say that like bro you are <laughs> the vibes are so bad it's very funny anyway we could go on we could rag on Grima Wurgatong for a hundred years because his existence <laughs> his existence is so funny because it's like yeah this is the a the prototypical shitty vizier right um but anyway um they go to like basically break the spell I don't know exactly but basically Wormtongue plus Soromon you know basically possessed Theoden so um, they have to go like figure that out. But before they do that, they they track the hobbits into a forest, and there's a very interesting scene where they think they're about to get ambushed by Soromon, 
and you noticed that you noted that like they they think that they should attack him before he can speak because of the the magic that he'll do which is a really interesting thing because it's like yeah how does magic work here like is it magic spells or magic words right like i don't know they do they do keep referring that specific line was like don't let him speak he'll cast a spell so i mean there is some like spell work involved apparently Um, but there also seem to be magical objects. Like, I would classify even Gandalf's fireworks from Fellowship as magical objects. Yeah. Um, and those didn't need a word. Uh, so it's weird, and it's vibes, and honestly, I respect that. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, because, you know, if we're talking about, I think about things in terms of tabletop campaigns, Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm a dweeb, um... But like this, I would classify Lord of the Rings as like a low to mid tier magic setting, right? Where it's like there are magical artifacts around, but like you don't, you're people aren't just like casting fire bolts and like you know shooting magic arrows, right? It's it's a it's kind of rare to see somebody with a magical artifact unless you're Gandalf, but that's kind of his whole thing, and he's also an angel. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's interesting to see when the magic does show up because it's so clearly, like, way stronger than everyone. Like, all three of our heroes who later on in the film we'll see will, like, li- kill literally hundreds of Urukai on their own. Um, like, they, they are just completely rendered powerless by by this white wizard who is, of course, Gandalf uh, the White, um, you know, as, as foretold in that one early 2000s internet song. Um but yeah, like I, I just thought that was very interesting to just to see like how they portrayed magic in this. Um, basically, you know, how do you how do you think about what do you think about Gandalf's glow up? Uh, Ian McKellen looks great in white. Yeah, I no. thought one of the best line deliveries was him uh, coming to see Theoden for the first time, uh, where uh, he was coming in and they try to take his staff, and he just goes, he's just like <laughs> the equivalent of like. Well, you wouldn't pot an old man from his walking stick, would you, mister? <laughs> it's really it. funny. And the guy, guy's like, yeah, listen, this dude's obviously a wizard, but also my boss is named Wormtongue, <laughs> so I don't care that much about my job. <laughs> that and, like, yeah, he's just an old man. He's just a little guy. I mean, he's- honestly, he's, like, stooped over. He's kind of leaning on. He's like, oh, oh, I'm so sick. Oh, I got fucked up by that Balrog. Oh. Um, what fun bit when he gets in that cutscene where he returns. Did you notice that he comes back naked? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. <laughs> you know what? Pussy's out. Listen, good for Gandalf. Good for um, Gandalf. Ian McKellen's shoulders looked great. Yeah, they did. Uh, shout outs. Uh, anyway, um, you know, they find Gandalf. Gandalf's like, hey, um, sorry that you all thought I was dead. But that was, like, last week. Now it's this week. New me, um, new outfit, um, new horse. Check out my boy Shadowfax, Lord of the Horses. <laughs> Shadowfax, Lord of the Horses is one of my favorite parts of this movie. I think if you're going to do a story like this, get a white horse in there. What the fuck are you doing? One of my favorite parts of Breath of the Wild is there's, like, a little side quest where you go and you have to track down Zelda's, the descendant of Zelda's white horse. And if you get him, which is just a standard high stamina horse capture it's not that hard um if you're like me and you max out your stamina early but uh you get him and then at the end when you're when you're kind of like on that half on rails battle with um i was gonna call him gandalf um Um, ganondorf ganondorf ganon 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 yes uh when you're in that like half kind of on rails battle with ganon you come up uh, out of the the hyrule castle pit 
Um, you have the white horse. So the the imagery of Link on the white horse with the golden. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, get in there. Like, I want high drama. I'm tired of understated. Get in there. Yeah, it's real good. Um, I just think it's very funny that Gandalf's like, yeah, uh, you all. This is the horse movie of the three movies um, where everybody gets a horse and they ride around on horses and they hang out with the horse people. But and um, a horse saves Aragorn. Yeah, and a horse saves Aragorn. Um, I think it's very funny that Gandalf's like, yeah, my horse is the king of horses. Um, Your horses have to work for my horse. It has Let's Play Mermaids energy. You know what I mean? Truly. It's like, oh, my magic power is that everybody (laughs) has to be nice to me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, um, man. And I love that. I love that for Gandalf. Um, Anyway, they... um, they basically, they go to the capital at, um, I used to know the capital's name, I don't care. It's the capital of Rohan, um, Edoras? Anyway. Sure. Um, they, the, the, you wouldn't part an old man from his walking stick happens. It's great. Um, there's a fun fight scene where, like, Gandalf is, like, drawing out Soromon from Theoden, where Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas beat the fuck out of these, like, rando dudes with their bare hands. Like, and it's very funny because they aren't even really the, the main focal point of the scene, but just, like, every once in a while, a camera will cut over to, like, them just doing some John Wick shit on these, like, <laughs> fully armed dudes. Legolas has <laughs> that, like, cartoon movie where he like punches backwards and yes. knocks the dude out it's fucking good it's it's like extremely goofy in a way that i really like um it's it's just like this is why you have orlando bloom in this just to do dumb shit it's yeah. like sure and, and why skate, not like fucking skateboard down the stairs on a shield yes. <laughs> yeah that's that's extremely funny um anyway yeah they they make theoden come back and theoden's like oh wow things are whew. I have let things kind of go around here. Um, where's my... Oh, shit, my son's dead. Rip. Rip to a prince. Ah, damn. I have really been sleeping on things. Um, and, you know, he, he comes back, he kind of gets together, and then he realizes that his whole, like, kingdom is under attack. So he's like, okay, we got to get everybody and move them to the Fortress of the Hornburg, a.k.a. Helm's Deep. Um, and Gandalf's like... Okay, but your nephew has, like, a big fuck-off cavalry army. I could just go get him. Do you want me to go get him? And and Theoden's like, no, we'll just go hang out in our fortress. And Gandalf's like, are you sure? Because you're, like, a cavalry-based, like, country. And that's kind of important, like, to have open field. And then then he's like, nah, whatever. We're just going to hang out in the Hornburg. Um, They go... Gandalf's like, I'm gonna go get the- gonna go get Aomer because obviously we need like these horses. Uh, Aragorn, you take care of them. Again, you and Aowen. This is the horse movie. Yeah, no, it's all horse based. It's great. Uh, anyway, they escort them to the fortress. Um, Aowen and a- uh, Aragorn kind of hit it off because Aragorn did dump Arwen for a sec because uh, he because <laughs> her dad was like, Hey, listen, man, you're my daughter loves you, but you're gonna die. Um, and he's like, that's a good point. I guess I should break up with you. Um, and I don't know. I don't think that happens in the book, but it's very funny (laughs) that this happens. And then Arwen's like, you're really dumping me because my dad told you to. (laughs) Um, which is a big L on Aragorn's part. Anyway, he, um, you know, they, he nearly dies, um, as he, he like gets thrown off a cliff because of a warg. Um, I thought the wargs were cool. 
I um, like the wargs a lot. I like when uh, somebody got picked up by the head and shaken around like a little little dog toy, and I thought that was fun fight choreo. It's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Keep 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 moving. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's not actually dead. He shows back up when they all are back at the fortress. Um, then they have like a, a big fight, which is like one of my favorite like siege battles in film. I think it's really cool. A bunch of you know, there's like some elven archers that show up. Um, they have like all the like. There's like a scene where they arm all the like kids and old men, which I think is really like pretty cool. Um, Aragorn is like trying to like talk to this kid and be like, "Hey, kid, I know that you're like 13, um, but let me give you some sword pointers." Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a cool siege battle. Yeah, it's it's cool as shit. I love that little kid. Um, I hope he makes it. It would be sad if he doesn't. He has a good sword. Aragorn says. Yeah. Um, yeah, this battle was cool. Um, my favorite part of the battle is Gimli. Um, mm-hmm. I just okay. Gimli in this movie is everything to me. This chuckle fuck is rolling off horses. He's falling. He can't fucking run as fast as Legolas and Aragorn. Mm-hmm. At one point, he's like, dwarves are natural sprinters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very quite- dangerous over short distances. <laughs> <laughs> when the Battle at Helm's Deep happens, he's like knocking people off the fucking battlements and he's counting. He's like, 21, 22, 23, and 24. I was like, Gimli, hell yeah. And then, like, Battle of Helm's Deep just drags on forever and ever and ever. And, like, I. Nah. It's a cool action set piece. It, I liked it, but it wasn't like holding my attention very much, right? Because um, it's just so long. And mm-hmm. uh, I think Fast and Furious has kind of ruined me. Like, yes, <laughs> if there's not a car going through three buildings in Dubai, my expectations are just not being met. Um, but at one point, him and Aragorn are like hiding. This is my favorite part of the whole movie. It's <laughs> fucking funny. You and Aragorn are like hiding around the corner of this fortress. And they're watching the Urukai like try to beat down the door, mm-hmm. and Gimli and Aragorn are like having this conversation, and you can see Ar- Gimli's like kind of getting nervous, and he just looks at Aragorn. And he goes, "Toss me," and Aragorn goes, "What?" And he goes, "I can't make the jump on my own, but you have to toss me. Just don't tell the elf." And Aragorn <laughs> literally throws him onto the bridge, and then he starts wrecking Urukai, and it's yeah. like an actual turning point in the battle. I fucking cried. So <laughs> good. Gimli in this film, retroactive Oscars for him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck that this movie's been out for 20 years. Give it to him retroactively. Like, no, no. So and, I, and I think, like, you know, Gimli and Legolas are basically only in this movie to do comic relief. Like, you know, if you if you watch, like, the extended cuts, like, there's a whole backstory where Gimli is, like, in love with Galadriel, um, which, like, never shows up in the, the theater cuts. And, you know... I think it probably does add something to his character, but, like, here he is just, like, a goofy dude who is trying to have a good time, um, and I love him. He's great. The beginning of the movie where they're they're chasing the Urukai, the, th- the three of them, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, a fucking Gimli's just, like, falling behind, and Legolas mm-hmm. just doesn't give- And again, another meme line, which is, Legolas, what are your el- elf I see, and they're taking mm-hmm. the hobbits to Isengard. Um right. But uh, at one point, like, <laughs> Gimli's, like, monologuing in the back about being mm-hmm. a dwarf. And Legolas is just running ahead of him, like, all grace, because Orlando Bloom is, like, you know, beautiful and mm-hmm. long-legged and just going. He and looks just, about 17 years old, also. He looks so fucking young in this movie. And he's just, like, 
stops at one point and he goes, Gimli, come! And then he just, like, keeps bolting. And I'm like, this is... Gimli, a full 50 <laughs> meters behind them, just like, I haven't slept in three days. Haven't slept in three <laughs> days, haven't eaten. I'm like, King, I feel you. Oh, my God. I Truly, this movie, like... There are moments I really, really liked it for the storytelling. There are moments mm-hmm. I really, really liked what was going happening with the story. And, like, when we get into Frodo and Sam, like, there's a bunch of shit in their storyline I love. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, when we were focusing on Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas, I was only focused on one of those people. And it was fucking right. Gimli, show right. And I think that's an interesting thing. So for, for one point, I want to say, I don't know that you get this kind of, like, weird backstory like politics stuff in you know movies that come out today like there's just like no way that you know um studios would allow this level of like um adherence to the source material right like maybe it's because tolkien was such a you know a huge part in like the founding of you know contemporary fantasy right that they were you know new line cinemas or whoever you know was allowed to to like do all this extra shit that more or less didn't actually affect the movie um but like you know today like you you know all of that would get cut in service of making a a film and that that whoever the producer was you know would think would be good for audiences well that's because a lot of this type of drama nowadays is in prestige television oh yes 100 percent. that's a good point and we didn't have prestige television in the 2000s really there were some, right, like The Wire, and there were, there were a couple of things that were considered, like, quote-unquote prestige, but not, like, right. succession, you know what I no. mean? No. Uh, so uh, that's why we're seeing fewer of these stories, I think, in mm-hmm. uh, these, like, politics-heavy, intricate things, yeah. because yeah. It's so, much, so much of it is reserved for prestige television. Uh, and two, I, I want to get your opinion about, because I think this is kind of, I don't know if we covered this in our first Lord of the Rings podcast, but, like, I feel like this, like, quippy, like, you know, like, kind of almost fourth wall breaking, like, they are making these jokes that are so not in, like, the high, you know, English, like, form here. Like, I really think this is where we get the Joss Whedon, like, he's right behind me, isn't he? Oh, like, you think, was- you don't think... Looks like meats back on the menu, boys. Fits uh, a high fantasy linguistics. I gotta be honest with you, Layla. I don't <laughs> think it does. <laughs> I I also wonder. I, I I think it would be a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty good way of making fantasy accessible for people. I think, especially because right. high fantasy. Um, with you know, uh, elves and orcs and whatever. There's um. Moviegoers have a, uh, in terms of like types of media, moviegoers don't always have the highest uh, threshold for suspension of disbelief. Um, theater actually tends to have the highest threshold for suspension of disbelief as a medium, uh, which is why a lot of the times if you see a production live, it will read a lot better 100% of the time on stage than it would if you were watching a recording. Hmm. Um And in terms of like feature films, depending on what kind of genre of like moviegoer you are, um, you might have a, a lower threshold for suspension of disbelief. So if you're trying, if you're going to put in this much money into all of these practicals, all of these extras, all of these sets, all of this like tech and and, and CGI and, and all these methodologies, you get wet a workshop involved and, and all this stuff, um, you want to stay as marketable as possible for a mass market audience. And you need to like, if you're going to confuse them, with elves versus orcs versus dwarves versus humans and the, the the rings and blah 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 blah. 
you need you need to keep it keep it right keep it tight you know you need to you need to throw in some jokes there that people will actually understand especially if like i don't know like a 13 year old is dragging their parents to see this movie like mm-hmm. the parent needs to giggle right um, right so i do think that this is that's where the whedonisms come from i am glad we're um there's an interview with um have you seen the dungeons and dragons movie i have not it's honestly great it's I've real charming yeah yeah. The thing that's charming about it is it's not like that. It, it doesn't make fun of the meta context. It is very earnest in what it's trying to do. Right. So I'm glad. And same with like Renfield, the Nick Cage Dracula movie, which we have got to talk about maybe doing that for this program because mm-hmm. chef's kiss. Uh, very um, uh, uh, Willy's Wonderland kind of energy. Oh, 100%. Um, but it, it also doesn't make fun of its own meta context. Like, it's very earnest in what it's trying to do. So I'm glad we're getting back into that um, kind of era of filmmaking. I, I I think it's fine in the volume that it exists in these movies. I The thing I've, I've been kind of tired of is the oversaturation of that type of storytelling. Right, right. And to, to you know, pivot off your point, right, I think, I think it's true that Lord of the Rings, you know, does make these kind of, like, goofy jokes that a little bit break the fiction, but they're never making fun of the fiction. Um, they're still completely invested in their world, um, even though Gimli does invent, like, the concept of cross-country. <laughs> um, it's still, like, you know, it's plausible enough. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> they talk about nervous systems at one point. It's whatever. Legolas invents fucking shield snowboarding. He does a skateboard at one point. It's very silly. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it seems like everything's going to go wrong. You know, they, they put a bomb in the fortress. They explode the fortress. Um, it looks pretty bad. But then, um, you know, Gandalf shows up with uh, the Rohirrim. Um, they crush the orcs. Uh, everybody is happy. Um complete sidebar mary and pippin have been here also um but they are like hanging out with treebeard who is an ent which is just like a big living tree i Um, love the ents the ents are cool um i think i saw on wikipedia it takes between 24 and 48 hours for them to render a single cgi frame of treebeard (laughs) um if that tells you in the 2000s mm -hmm, tech has come yeah like brutal brutal but like yeah i think treebeard looks like still pretty good um but yeah basically you know it's kind of a short arc with them but basically you know they they escape from the uruks they go into the forest where they meet treebeard uh he gets a big Ent moot together where all the ants chat about whether or not to fight Saruman. They decide not to. And then uh, Pippin is like, hey, why don't you take us south? Uh, so that way we'll go close to Saruman. And Treebeard's like, that seems like a fucking bad idea, but I guess. <laughs> uh, and Mary's like, what are you doing? And Pippin's just like, watch this shit. Uh, and then, you know, Treebeard comes out and he's like, oh shit, he's been cutting down a lot of trees. I guess that's where all the smoke came from. Uh, let's kill him. And then all the ants go and obliterate um, or the, the Tower of Orthanc, and it's very good. It's so inc- at one point, okay, one, I after you brought it up last time, I made it a point to try and differentiate Merry and Pippin this time. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I think I got it. I think I figured yeah. it out. Uh, but two, uh, I, there was a line that just fucking got me because Treebeard was like, I'm going to call an ant moot. And one of them was like, what's that? And Treebeard's like, a meeting. He's like, a meeting of what? What do you think? <laughs> it's called an um, ant moot. <laughs> I wonder. 
So I assume that was Pippin because the way I tell them apart is that Mary is smart and Pippin is a dumbass. <laughs> such a dipshit. I love that um, he has maybe the best moment in all of these movies in movie three um, where I'm he so sings excited. a song and, it, and it's really, really good. Um, Is it better than Gollum's song? Okay, listen. Gollum's got some all-timers here uh, and let's talk about that. Basically, you know, they they the good guys win and they, they start to, you know, go to Gondor in movie three, but we'll get there in a month. Um, let's talk, yeah, do you want to walk through the Frodo plot? I'd love to. Especially if it means I get to sing Gollum's little song. Yes, please. The fish song, yeah. <laughs> so, while all this is happening, uh, you know, the hobbits are being taken to Isengard. Uh, Frodo and Sam are on their little little honeymoon quest uh, to go and, you know, throw the ring in a fucking volcano. Uh, so, picking up where the first film left off, obviously, Frodo is, like, having a nightmare of Gandalf fighting, uh, falling off the ledge and, and fighting that big fuck-off uh, demon. Um, Balrog. Balrog. He's fighting yes. Balrog. She's remembering. Uh, so, uh, they soon encounter, uh, Gollum, who sneaks up on them while they're sleeping, facing each other, with their hands centimeters apart, because they're not gay. Interesting sleeping arrangements, fellas. We're gonna talk about that later. So, Gollum sneaks up on them, and he wants his precious back, you know, because the hobbitses, they tricked him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants to smash him with a rock. Uh, here we begin, uh, the first fucking trial of their, uh, relationship, which is Sam fucking hates Gollum. <laughs> and Frodo's like, no, he's just a little guy. Um, and that's a key conflict, uh, mm-hmm. going through their fucking storyline. So, uh, uh, Gollum, uh, again, is the creature from whom, uh, Bilbo originally stole the One Ring from. Um, so he is full of revenge. Uh, he gets captured by the fellas. Sam ties him up, uh, and he is just so sad and pathetic that Frodo's like, we should take pity on the little guy. Um, plus he promised to guide us. So, um, Gollum guides Frodo and Sam through a fucked up marsh. Uh, this is one of my favorite moments, because, uh, Frodo just kind of zones out on a corpse, and falls face first into the bog. He like, gets enchanted. And Gollum yeah. is actually the one to pull him out. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the beginning of their beautiful, albeit brief, friendship. Yeah. Um, um, a, a couple things about the, the dead marshes. One, I think it's pretty, it's it's nice that we see Frodo, like, get into, like, his fainting spell era in this one. He is constantly having, like, weird fits where the ring takes him over, um, and this is the first instance of that. But also just, like, I like the dead marshes as a world-building concept. Like, I'm sure in the books it is much, like, more explained, but I actually like here in 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 the um, in the movie how it's not really explained. It's just like, so there was a battle once... Um, and now there's a bunch of ghosts in the water. Don't fall in. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> and, like, that kind of owns. I think I'd like to be a water ghost. Just kind of lazy river it, you know, until some yeah. unsuspecting fuck comes over and then I steal him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a pretty good setup. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, actually, there's a lot of water scenes in these movies that I'm like, I'd like to hang out there. Mm-hmm. Um... So, uh, uh, again, Gollum saves Frodo's life, um, and, uh, Frodo starts kind of projecting on a Gollum because he himself is getting obsessed with the ring. Um, he knows he could very well end up like him. There's actually a really good exchange between, uh, him and Sam, where Sam is, like, trying to get him to see reason, and, mm-hmm. uh, Frodo's like, no, this is my quest, it's my, like, j- duty, and Sam is like, don't you realize who you sound like, mm-hmm. um, implying Gollum. Right, right. 
Uh, Frodo starts being nice to Gollum again because he's projecting, starts calling him by his original name, which is Smeagol. Um, Smeagol, uh, because his master is uh, nice to him, uh, kind of... They have his, this, he has this cool scene where he fights with himself and fights with Gollum um, and kind of um, banishes his more evil personality, quote-unquote evil, his more troublesome personality, um, and is then uh, a friend to Frodo and Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they get to the Black Gate, uh, Smeagol stops him from entering while uh, an army of Herodrim march inside. He recommends they go through an alternate route, uh, which Sam again contests because he's like, why are we trusting this fucking creature? Mm-hmm. Frodo again is like, but he's just a little guy. He's, mm-hmm. he's led us this far. And uh, Sam, uh, who can't say no to Frodo for, you know, for, for reasons of the heart, mm-hmm. uh, fucking follows along. They are then captured by Faramir. And if that sounds like Boromir to you, good news, they're fucking brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Faramir truly has just huge fucking middle child energy. Uh, wants to make the same mistake his fucking brother did. Wants the ring for himself. Um, however, uh, when they are attacked, uh, Faramir fucking thankfully sees the light of reason. Decides to let Frodo go uh, after Sam tells him that Boromir died specifically because the drink, the ring drove him to the fucking brink. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, though, uh, Faramir also uh, maybe wasn't so nice to our little friend Spiegel. Uh, he does let his ragers beat the shit out of Spiegel, which isn't great. It's very sad. Uh, and so Smeagol, uh, once he feels abandoned by his master, uh, Frodo, does uh, let Gollum back in a little bit uh, and does decide to maybe lead the the uh, hobbitses into a trap is the thing. Mm-hmm. So that's coming in movie three. Mm-hmm. Do you know who they lead? He leads them to. No out of fucking curiosity? clue. Interesting. No clue. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. Hmm. I wanna <laughs> hold on. I'm gonna show you. Uh. A, this is gonna be very much like a Kingdom Hearts meme. Hold on. Oh what is boy. The... So, I'm gonna. So, listeners, if you have played the uh, the um, you know, the Warner Brothers video game um. I think it's what Sha- Shadow of Mordor or Shadow. I think it's Shadow of War specifically, um, but you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so okay, I'm gonna send you a picture, copy image, Layla. Um, so Layla, I've sent an image to you. Uh, can you describe this to our listeners? Okay, here we go. It's in general. Aha! Uh-huh. So I'm seeing a lady. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, she's quite you know beautiful in a very severe way very high okay. cheekbones she's serving okay. um uh she's serving uh what's her face from the witcher to me a little bit yennefer yennefer yeah, yeah yeah okay okay um now i'm gonna put a second picture in the chat uh-huh. uh can you describe that picture i'm seeing a fucked up spider cool those are the same person yeah okay that tracks to me <laughs> i don't know why um they made sheila i think sheila I don't know why, but in the video game, they made Sheila a woman. Eh. Anyway, <laughs> that's who they find out. That's who they, they end up meeting in the third movie, um, and we'll get there. But cool. that's just a fun thing I remember. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, I love this. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> Mr. Tokian, we've got to fucking talk about these hobbitses. Because yeah, can you can you describe this exchange that Sam and Frodo have here at the end of the film? Sam 
starts being like, oh, do you think they're going to write songs and stories about us? And Frodo's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Sam is like, you know, like one day they're going to be like, oh, he like starts role playing with himself. It's very yeah, silly. It's He's very like, cute. Ah, Pappy, would you tell me the story of Mr. Frodo and the ring and like how hot and cool and brave and sexy Mr. Frodo was? <laughs> and you know how like cool and, and wonderful he is. And Frodo's like, Nan, you're missing the best part of the story. Samwise the Brave. And Sam is like, uh, that's mean. I was being serious. You don't have to make fun of me about it. And Frodo's like, no, I'm being serious. And then I have a screenshot of this. There is no heterosexual explanation for this shot. Frodo turns around, looks at him with those big fucking Elijah Wood baby mm-hmm. blues. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, Sam, I'm serious. Like, I don't know where I'd be without you. Right. 100%. Frodo wouldn't have got far without Sam. Um, there's just like a full three seconds of silence and Gollum's just like, can you guys get a fucking room? <laughs> I, there is no heterosexual explanation for what the fuck is happening there. I truly like, I th- they are sleeping. They are fa- both on their bellies, right? Cause they're hobbits and they're supposed to be cute. Both on their bellies with their like hand to the side of their face, two centimeters apart from each other, facing each other. Just saying. Listeners, you can't see it. We're doing the fucking kombucha girl faces at each other. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think, like, like in the last couple of years, Sean Astin and Elijah Wood have, like, come out and been like, yeah, no, I think we would describe, like, here in 2020, the, you know, as Sam and, and Frodo as gay. Like, just, just straight up said that. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. Yeah, they are homosexuals. It is. Yeah. I'm watching it, and, like, I, like, everyone, listen, so... I'm familiar with the, like, fucking memes about Lord of the Rings. Like, that's how I that's how I ingested a lot of Lord of the Rings. That's how I ingested a lot of Star Wars before we watched it for this podcast. Um, and I was like, oh, they're gay, they're gay. And I was like, sure. They're probably gay like, you know, anyone in the 2000s is gay because there's no women in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, like, kind of no women in the movie except for Aragorn who is swimming in pussy, statistically mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, no... There's something else happening there. And I love it. I love watching it. It's great. Uh not a not a heterosexual thought has passed. My favorite my other favorite line is um Faramir was like, Who are you his bodyguard? And Sam is just like, No, I'm his gardener. I'm like, that sounds like an innuendo the way you say it. Mm-hmm. Bodyguard feels like it would be more sexy, but he's like, oh no, I'm much more than that. No, I'm I'm out here weeding him. <laughs> <laughs> something that you do to your tumbler blorbo <laughs> i am weeding this man i am I'm pulling up the dandelions from him i am burying him i'm putting mulch over him me writing fan fiction all weekend um right <laughs> yeah no uh yeah i i enjoyed this movie much more than fellowship uh which uh, fellowship was fine i did not like it right uh but uh this genuinely i like i got some belly laughs out of this one uh and there were some like moments of genuine tension that i really liked i thought i thought the frodo and sam stuff was really compelling um i know we 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 have a lot of hoots and laughs about the 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 gay stuff but like genuinely from a storytelling perspective i really love how in the first movie they did point out that like the thing that was going to turn this war was frodo's compassion and we got to see that in action with with Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i really there's some really good stuff in here 
Yeah, um, and I'm and here's the thing, like Sam and Frodo's like love story is like a critical part of the entire plot of this this series. So like I'm glad that that like it's really starting to resonate with you here, um, because while there are is just like a bunch of other shit going on, like it is truly like their love for each other um, that kind of drives this thing home to the end. Um, so like I think, yeah, I think I think you'll like mostly where it ends up at the end. Um, there's a bit that at the very, very end that you'll be like, this is dog shit, but like, that's fine. Oh, there's always something that's dog shit. Uh, I just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you can just choose to ignore the ending, which many people do and that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we hit most of the talking points I wanted to, to hit. Do you have any other, you know, topics of conversation you want to, you want to bring up? No, man, I'm excited to, to wrap this one up on, uh, next month. Uh, I think it'll yeah. be. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Hey, did you know our one fiftieth is fucking coming up? Yeah, we have been doing this podcast for four seasons. You know, cl- getting pretty close to one hundred fifty episodes. I don't know. I don't know if. I guess listeners, you can let us know if you have a, an idea for our for our one hundred fiftieth episode. We'll probably do something stupid like we did for one hundred again. Um, but uh, yeah, we got think- hammered and did something. We, do you remember what we did for 100? No. We watched a bunch of Disney sequels. Hey, that episode pops off. And it was one of our best episodes yeah, ever. So, just, so mean, maybe maybe we'll get hammered and, and find some other stupid shit to watch again. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Oh, it'll be great. Cool. Yeah, so our 150th is coming up. That's fun. But no, otherwise, uh, it's all. we're just excited for Tears of the Kingdom over here. Yeah, 100%. If, if you, you don't get another episode for a couple weeks, that's why. Sorry. <laughs> um, so go buy Tears of the Kingdom. I don't have to tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Layla, when we are not, um, you know, creeping through the the classical, you know, classic films of the, the 2000s, um, where, where can we be found on the internet? You can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter and Tumblr. I am uh, going on vacation. Well, staycation. I'm staycationing uh, next week. So you really like, uh, genuinely, I am logging my restoration project, which I bought a balalaika. If you don't know what that is, it is a Russian kind of Dorito guitar. Uh, it's triangle shaped. It's got three strings. Um, fun little, fun little anecdote. Uh, there was something rattling around inside of it, and it was a part that was missing off the front of it, which is very exciting to me because I now don't have to replace that part. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you want to go see some balalaika stuff, and and I don't know, occasionally I tweet silly little things about my life. You can come join me there. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL. I tweet about tabletop RPGs, health policy, and writing. Uh, my main website is aavoid.com. Um, <laughs> what else? I do another podcast with my friends that's at The Bible Boys. We just didn't. If you're an extremely online person, you probably noticed that there was a bad Twitter thread going around oh about how God. the Nephilim, uh, which are the descendants of angels and men, are going to return uh, and they're going to be controlled by Saudi Arabia. Um, so we did an episode about that, <laughs> um, and basically, uh, long story short, um, uh, these motherfuckers think Neon Genesis Evangelion is biblical scripture, so, uh, uh, it was an unhinged episode, uh, and it was great, so if that seems interesting to you, we talk about that for, like, 40 minutes, uh, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, our, our theme song is, um, Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2, and you can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, mm-hmm. you know, I think we've given our listeners um, a satisfying morsel of an episode. Um, 
but yeah, how do we uh, how do we want to finish this one off? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Hey yo, we'll see you all next week. <laughs>